Welcome aboard. This is your captain, Johnny. And first mate, Jess. Thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the ships of chaos. Done. <laughs> oh, welcome to Ships of Chaos. This is Justina. Hey, this is Johnny. Hey, Chaotics. Guys, we're at the last final chapter. Oh, it's so sad. We talked about it, I think, last episode, but I kind of like these midfix because they're they don't I don't want to say like drag on because Radio Tower was the perfect length, but like you get in, you get in, and then you get out. Like, you know, kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> the, um, I guess like, I should say you get in, they get in. <laughs> yeah. I, I re- mean, I read a quick fic last night. I, at least I thought it was going to be a quick fic because it was like 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. And instead, I didn't sleep all night because I was reading it. God, I love when that happens. Like, I will feel like dead tired. But then I'm going to be like, oh, just one chapter. And then two fanfics later or 100 chapters later, it's 3 a.m. I'm like, well, now you have to stay up. I finished the story. Okay, I finished the story and looked at the clock. I'm like, crap, when did it turn 5.30 a.m.? Yeah. They suck you in. And then okay. I slept for like four hours and had to go to the doctor's appointment nice yeah I, I love when that happens it's worth it it's so worth it too that's yeah. like and you don't even feel bad about it no it was a great story it was like um commoner styles and prince Derek. Hmm. and like it was a medieval it, alternate universe fic interesting <laughs> Um, the other day I read a, I've been rewatching Buffy or like trying to finish it out. I think I'm on like season six. So I'm like on the final two seasons. <clears throat> so I went down the, uh, the road of Buffy and Spike and I read like a hundred chapter. Maybe it wasn't a hundred, but it was a really long epic fic of Buffy and Spike. I'm currently trying to finish a like hundred long chapter of Buffy and Xander where like Xander is like an old man and he dies and instead of going like to heaven he goes back to his teenage body so Mm. he knows everything that's gonna happen is Buffy young or old she she's young he's back in his teenage body and like it, he it's it starts out with him dying and then it goes back to the Halloween episode of Buffy where like the costumes like oh, they become the costume. Yeah, okay. become the costumes and he like he knows the future because he's already lived through it. Interesting. It's called I am what I am. I think I'll check it out. I just I don't know how I feel about Buffy and Xander. Like, I never wanted them. I never shipped them. So I may have a hard time, like, reading it. But that sounds interesting. Like, I like those um, Back from the Future yeah. kind of fix. Thanks, Tara. 
Anyways, my my mom's cats are Mara and Tara. Mara and Tara. Oh. Are they? Well, no, they're, from, they're from the same litter. Same litter. Yeah, they're, they're from the same litter. Alive. Yeah, they're from the same litter. The, my dad took three cats from the same litter, Mara, Tara, and Buddha. Tara and Buddha. Those are the coolest names for cats. Yeah. I kept, I have, like, I have my cat, my black cat, Xander, mm-hmm. and the kit, the black kitten that just came out of the litter on Seco de Mayo we decided we're keeping, her name is now Willow. So my black cats are Willow and Xander. I think that's so cute. <laughs> awesome names. But um, my favorite ship from Buffy, I got to turn off Facebook. Give me a sec. That's all right. I was actually going to ask you. So when I've been going down that road of Buffy and rereading some fanfics, I was going to ask you what your favorite ship was from Buffy. Xander and Spike. I could see it. Oh, I could see it. It's interesting. The official, there... Yeah. The official ship name for that is Spander. Oh, I mean, that's the only reason to be into it. <laughs> Are there a lot of fan fictions? There, uh, there actually isn't. It's like my Hermione Regulus thing. Yeah. There's not a lot of fan fiction for you it. You like those rare pairings. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a, th- there is, a I go fan- for the most common ones because it's endless reading. I do have one that I wrote. A sp- spander? Yeah. There is a span on my porcelain and leather archive of their own. There okay. is a spander fic. Is it a long fic or quick? It's a one shot. All right. I'm going to check it out tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to see where it takes me. <laughs> it's called Passions in the Crypt. Love it. <laughs> so, but yeah, my buff, my favorite Buffy ship is Xander and Spike. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you want the summary now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about our current fanfic. Okay, so Hermione borrows another outfit from Pansy, and it's like this really cute green dress that goes down to her knees and i only know all this because i edited the chapter let i was gonna ask did she borrow she bought the underlinings yeah she bought the underwear borrowed the dress borrowed the dress the underwear does become important though it's very important (laughs) so um she goes over to draco's and she's like do you want to do that uh photo shoot now and Draco's like, yeah, let's do that photo shoot. So he takes all these like really professional pictures and then slowly she starts to get more and more undressed. Mm-hmm. He puts the dress off of her and then he's like, he sees her under things. She's like, oh, he's like, oh, you're trying to kill me, Granger. <laughs> and she's like, wait for this. And like, she just slips the bra off and like he takes more pictures and then he kind of just snaps and starts and just presses her against the wall and just starts snogging her mm-hmm. and they they end up in bed and that and 
he, she's like, you're overdressed. And he's like, you're right. And he gets, he gets undressed <laughs> and then pushes her underwear off and leaves her stiletto heels off on. On. Yeah, she leave, he leaves her stiletto heels on. And I'm like, a woman naked, but her stiletto <laughs> heels. <laughs> that is so hot. Yes. For sure. They, they just go at it. Like Finally. Finally, sexy times. So, and I think that is actually after we, after we see Pansy and Harry. Like, we see Pansy and Harry first in this story, in this chapter. Because we picked off where they left off running to the bedroom because they were still drinking. Yeah, I skipped ahead. so That's okay. You got to the hot, hot part. And I don't think we got as many details on Pansy and Harry. No, she wake, but Pansy wakes up and she's, like, in a really good mood because they went hot and heavy the night before. And she just gets up and goes to her sketchbook books and just starts really getting into her sketches, which is really good Mm -hmm. because that's why she went on vacation anyways. And Harry wakes up and sees her sketches and tells her how good they are. And she's like, he's like, there's only one problem though. And Pansy's like, what's that? He's like, I woke in bed up in bed and you weren't there (laughs) and then drags her back to bed, (laughs) which I think was really sweet. I think it's very sweet. Potter has a way with words. So, and so then we get to Hermione and we get all the sexy times. And then Hermione and Draco, I think, decide not to talk about it, about what's going to happen when she gets back to Dublin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're still in denial. They're still in denial. And I think that was it. Just the sexy times. Did I miss anything? No, that's the most important part. Finally, they boned. <laughs> Pansy, and, <laughs> Pansy and Harry have been boning. But they're actually talking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think here's, that's. Here's something that I thought was important. Pansy and Harry went out at it on Hermione's bed. At least Draco took Hermione back to his house. His place, yeah. <laughs> Hermione's gonna have to just burn her furniture. <laughs> I don't think they were limited to that bedroom. I think they did it on the table, <laughs> letting my imagine run away with me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> All right. Let's get into chapter five and let's see how this ends for our our pairings. Okay. Ready? I I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Um. As much as we read, how close to the book, I mean, to the movie, is this? I told you it's been a hot minute. Okay. But I know one couple, so like Cameron Diaz and uh, Jack Black's character, I think they go a little slower uh-huh. when it comes to like boning, but then Kate Winslet and Jude Law, like just go at it. Okay. The, I have so such I a problem with the word bone. I'm Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> There's a Polly Shore movie from like the 90s where like they just say bone like six times in a row. I'm going to put it in the, as the episode title. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't remember how I think it's just loosely inspired. I wouldn't say it follows the plot. But when you watch it, remind me because it's been a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do this. So <clears throat> chapter five. 
Pansy felt rather than saw Potter's arrival, but didn't look up from her work. Attention focused on the project before her. Fixing a pin between her teeth, she shifted through several swaths of fabric. He ducked down a hand to her back and pressed a kiss to her temple. What are you making? It might be a dress, Pansy replied distractedly as she pinned a section of her pattern to a cut of fabric. But it might also be a disaster. (laughs) I highly doubt that, Potter said with a chuckle. He settled into a seat at the table, which was currently buried under her work. He folded his arms, watching in silence for a moment before he spoke again. I feel like I'm watching a master at work. Flattery will get you nowhere, Potter, Pansy said with a roll of her eyes, even as her lips twitched. At last, she looked up at him. Nowhere, he asked. His eyes seared through her, and Pansy snickered. Somewhere. Sweeping her hair aside, she asked, what are we doing today? You look busy, Potter said with a shrug. We can stay in if you'd like. She only fixed him with a hard stare. It's my second last night here. I heard from Draco and I have to go back the day before Granger leaves New York. There's an event I can't miss. She noted the slight falter in Potter's face before he carefully schooled his expression. So let's do something. Potter's hands came to her hips, dragging her onto his lap. What's the event? Why? She asked, offering a hint of a smile. You want to be my guest? Yes, he said without hesitation, cracking a roguish roguish grin. As it sometimes did, Potter's easy willingness to go along with almost any situation caught her off guard. Her heart stuttered as she swept a hand through his messy black hair, ducking in to press a kiss to his throat. Against his skin, she breathed, okay. When he kissed her, warmth flared beneath her skin, but she drew back before she could get too distracted. I thought, she said, maybe we could do something different today. He only stared at her, waiting for her to continue, and Pansy felt heat claw up in her throat. He left her so disarmed, she often didn't know what to make of it. You know, since I've come all this way and... You want to go to London? He said quietly, dragging a hand along her hip. Pansy pursed her lips, bracing for his judgment. But he only offered a thin press of the lips, his green eyes frighteningly genuine. I'm happy to go with you wherever, whatever you want to do. Merlin, but the man affected her in ways she could never have experienced. Nope. Merlin, but the man affected her in ways she never could have expected. Had never experienced before. Pansy couldn't remember ever feeling so vulnerable in the eyes of another before. Potter felt like a freefall, and she was terrified, but she only leaned in to kiss him again. Can I say something? Yeah. Free falling. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I was going to do earlier? It's what? the final chapter. <laughs> so we're ba- basically both thinking of cheesy 80s rock and roll. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. okay, let's continue. You know, Pansy said, gazing up at the massive clock tower ahead of them. I've never actually been here. She cast a brief glance at Potter. 
My parents were too busy to do these sorts of things with me, and they never saw the value in muggle history. A wry smile tugged at Potter's lips. I saw Big Ben a few times growing up with my extended family. One time they left me behind and didn't realize until later that day. I spent four or five hours just wandering around because I knew they'd blame me if I gave them a ring. I shouldn't laugh. They were terrible, terrible people. They were terrible people. But it doesn't surprise me he was left behind. (laughs) Pansy cocked an eyebrow. They sound like arseholes. That they are, he said with a chuckle. Uh, When they arrived in magical London that afternoon, Pansy had felt uneasy. As if reading her hesitation, Potter offered to take her on a tour of the muggle areas of the city instead, without any judgment or criticism whatsoever. He had taken her to see the London Eye, Buckingham Palace, and and now to Westminster Abbey. Oh, what is the London Eye? It is a giant Ferris wheel. Oh, okay. I didn't know it had, I, that was what it was called. I can see it in my head. Mom, that's correct, right? It's the giant Ferris wheel? Yeah, they didn't put that up until after we left. Yeah. Okay. To a lot of people, it's an eyesore. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like on lot- a pier? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. So- I'll look it up later. I just didn't know that's what it was called. The day had meant more to Pansy than she even cared to admit to Potter. It had been the perfect interlude to overcome her fears of returning home, but take that first step all the same. A lot of her hesitation had diminished in his company, and maybe one day she would feel comfortable enough to return. Almost unbelievably, it had been wonderful to escape from New York for a couple weeks. She had no idea where things would go between the two of them, if anywhere at all, or whether it would just be a fun excursion away from real life to look back on one day. But somehow, against the odds, Pansy had a good feeling about it. In preparation to return to New York, she felt refreshed, as if she had broken through some unspoken barrier she hadn't even realized had been in her way for so long. If Potter wanted to visit her or even continue to see her in some capacity, Pansy was willing to give it a shot. The idea fluttered around in the pit of her stomach. Catching his eye, she smiled. Daughter just, like, slipped a note under the door. (laughs) Your daughter slipped a note under the door. (laughs) Trying to figure out what the noise was, but it's, uh, she's passing notes to me. Okay, so, uh, I guess, what are we calling this? Our couple zip? Zoop? Hermione relaxed on Draco's sofa, her mind whirring. Whirring? Yeah. As he cleaned a camera lens, peering closely at it. That camera lens probably got fogged up. Hermione, (laughs) from you. (laughs) It got mighty hot in there. (laughs) Every time she thought of returning home, nerves swelled within her at the thought of walking away from Draco. The idea was absurd when she had only known this side of him for two weeks, but he had been open with her from the beginning and they had only grown closer through the duration of her holiday. Realistically, she knew she had to return home. She had worked for years to get the job she now she had now with Gringotts and she didn't want to live in New York, but that didn't stop her heart from squeezing painfully in her chest each time she looked at Draco. 
what are you doing tomorrow? She asked idly, perching on the edge of her seat. He squinted at the lens before setting it down. I have a thing to, I have to go to a thing, a gallery opening. Of course, she breathed, offering a bleated nod. Belated nod? What's that word? Belated. Okay. Of course, she breathed, offering a belated nod. She clenched her hands together tightly in her lap. I'm sure that will be wonderful. His lips curved. It should be, yeah. Hermione wasn't even certain why she had thought they might spend her last night in New York together, but she wasn't surprised he had an event. His life in New York was busy, borderline chaotic sometimes, and it was a wonder he had made as much time for her as he had. It was a stark reminder of how different their lives were. But he only stared at her a moment longer before releasing a sigh. It's important. If I could stand to miss it, I would. I understand, she said quietly, offering a thin smile. I don't doubt it's important. I didn't know how to bring it up. He pressed on with an apologetic grimace. I would have liked to spend your last night in New York, just the two of us, but I hope you might like to attend as my date. Hermione swallowed a fluttering of nerves. Oh, you thought you weren't invited? He asked, making a face. She shrugged, nerves skittering through her veins. It wasn't like her to seek such assurance, but knowing she could be returning home without really knowing where they stood was nerve-wracking. They hadn't discussed many details of how this might proceed, but Draco only ducked his chin, tongue darting out. Let's put it this way. I can't miss this event, but if you didn't want to come with me, I would skip it anyway. Aww. It was as blatant a declaration as she had heard from him, and color suffused her cheeks when she caught his eye. Finally, she nodded, worrying her lower lip. If it's important to you, I'll be there. A smile, a soft smile settled on his features that caused her heart to race. Wonderful. The anxiety of returning home the next morning had been replaced, all but temporarily, with the decision of what she ought to wear to a gallery opening. All Draco had said was that the dress code was formal. Hermione was certain she hadn't brought anything appropriate, and the few dresses she had bought while shopping in New York didn't feel formal enough either. So she had ventured into Pansy's closet, hoping the woman would forgive her one, would forgive her one more borrowed dress. As she browsed a section of formal wear in the closet, nothing jumped out at her as something she could pull off. A quiet knock sounded on the door of the closet, and a smile tugged at Hermione's lips. Draco surely would have realized she didn't have a clue what to wear and had come to rescue her, but when she turned on the spot, surprise darted through her. It wasn't Draco standing in the doorway, eyeing her with folded arms. It was Pansy Parkinson. The woman was more beautiful than Pansy remembered, or than... Wait, no, you, you said Pansy instead of Hermione. Oh, my bad. Let me take a drink. The woman was more beautiful than Hermione remembered, or than the few photographs in her loft displayed. But the most surprising part was the lack of judgment or cruelty on the other woman's face. For a brief, terrifying moment, Hermione wondered whether she had mixed up the dates of the exchange. But 
Pansy clicked her tongue as if understanding Hermione's hesitation. She strode into the closet as she said, I came home a day early, you're fine. Her dark eyes flashed as they assessed Hermione and a smile at last tugged at her lips. I can't believe you are dating Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Despite herself and the unexpected meeting, Hermione laughed. I'd say the same about you and Harry, honestly. Pansy rolled her eyes. He's looking forward to seeing you. We'll be at the opening tonight. Harry's here? Hermione asked, a thrill of excitement jolting through her. In New York? But Pansy only smirked. I sent him off for now, but yes, you and I need to discuss what you're going to wear tonight. At the palpable relief that must have settled into Hermione's countenance, Pansy flashed a true smile. She reached back, dragging a garment bag from where it hung on the closet door. I thought, if it's okay with you, I'd like to dress you tonight. Hermione was oddly touched by the gesture, and she nodded. That would be brilliant. Oh, good. Pansy said as she rolled her eyes, because I made this with you in mind. She offered a wink, and it's an added benefit that Draco would be uncomfortable all night. As a million questions spawned in the back of her mind, Hermione only, only gaped at the woman, a bit of a laugh breaking free. But Pansy, with careful and covetous hands, unzipped the bag, and Hermione caught a shimmer of silver as Pansy withdrew the dress. The gown was floor length, all ether, eth, this word is so hard, ether, say it again, ethereal, ethereal, that's a hard word for me to say, beauty, and soft flowing fabric. Hermione had never seen anything so breathtaking. As Pansy held it up against Hermione's form, a smirk brightening her face, Hermione felt her eyes sting. The cut of the front was daring, and the back was exposed from the straps to just above her arse, below which it fell in loose drape to the floor. Before Hermione could say anything, Pansy stripped her down and fixed the dress onto her form. I just like how Pansy's taking like, <laughs> just, just take it off. <clears throat> I can see Pansy doing that. Mm -hmm. It clung to her hips and chest as if Pansy had known her exact size in, make, in making it. Pride sat on the other woman's face as she folded her arms, eyeing the dress. It's beautiful, Hermione whispered, uncertain why Pansy would have gone to such lengths. It's yours, Pansy replied, so long as you tell everyone who made it. With a snicker, Hermione understood a little better. Quietly, she said, deal. Taking a step closer, Pansy peered at the fit of the dress in a couple spots and then, then tugged a lock of Hermione's hair between her fingers. Let's get you ready, Granger. You're going to break Draco's little heart tonight. Before Hermione could retort, at, retort that she didn't want to do such a thing, Pansy rolled her eyes with a snicker. You want to leave New York at the top of his mind, right? At last, Hermione whispered, right. But Merlin knew she did. She wanted to see him again so much that she almost didn't know how to acknowledge the thought, given the short length of time they had known one another. The depth she had come to care about him scared her, if she was honest. Maybe she would be the one ending the night with her heart broken. But she managed to smile and breathe. Let's do it.
By the time they were ready to leave for the evening, Hermione found she was unexpectedly grateful for Pansy's presence. The other woman kept her nerves from overtaking her as they chatted about their time in one another's space. It felt like they had known one another for years. I wonder if they chatted about all the spaces in Hermione's house. <laughs> yeah, Pansy's like, uh, you're going to want to burn your sheets. <laughs> oh, I sent them for uh, extreme washing. Yeah. It was surprising, given the fact that Hermione typically didn't click what, very well with other women. But while Pansy had been conceited and critical growing up, Hermione could tell she had changed. The knowledge assuaged her concerns about Harry's newfound interest in the woman, especially given his willingness to go all the way to New York with her. They could be meeting Draco. They would be meeting Draco at the gallery. He needed to go to work. God, why is that sentence? They would be meeting Draco at the gallery. He had needed to go earlier for work. Harry met them outside, and Hermione found herself engulfed in her friend's embrace before she realized what was happening. She grinned at him as he, she drew back. His green eyes flitted between her and Pansy. You both look amazing. Looping her arm through Harry's, Pansy flashed Hermione a wink. Hermione's nerves spiked again as they stepped into the gallery. Small groups of people already mingled, peering at an array of abstract and artistic photography on each wall as servers in black tie formal wear strolled around with trays of hors d'oeuvres and beverages. Oh my God. What if it's a picture of Hermione on the wall? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> she helped herself to a glass of champagne to steady herself as Harry and Pansy drifted off, idly inspecting the artwork as she glanced around for the distinctive platinum of Draco's hair. Finally, she spotted him in conversation with an older couple across the room, dressed in a sharp black suit. Mm. Draco in a suit. You like Okay, you ever watch Order of the Phoenix where he walks into the Great Hall and he's wearing that mm. black suit with a black undershirt and the black tie? But then he has a white vest. Oh, yeah. Order of the Phoenix. I'm thinking Goblet of Fire. No, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, his all black. His all black. I, yeah. When I saw that, I thought he never looked hotter. I like seeing, yeah, I agree. I like seeing the behind the scenes uh, pictures of Goblet of Fire when they're dressed up for the Yule Ball. Draco didn't get any screen time. He should have. No. <laughs> but him dancing with Hermione in the behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> As if feeling her gaze, he looked up, his expression warm with a laugh, but then his face faltered, brows knitting, and his head dropped into a tilt. He excused himself walking, walking towards her. As he approached, his face contemplative, Hermione couldn't help her smile. She ducked her chin with a quiet, hello. Hi. Hi, he breathed, still looking as if he couldn't quite make sense of her. You look incredible. Thank you. Hermione responded, her lips quirking playfully. The dress is Parks. <laughs> His eyes remained locked on her face. I don't care about the dress. Wrapping a hand around her waist, his thumb dragging along the curve of her hip, he pressed a lingering kiss to her cheek. Warmth crept up her throat to her, into her face at the feel of eyes on them, but Hermione leaned into his hold before he withdrew. 
what sort of work are you doing here? She asked, gazing. What sort of work are you doing here? She asked, gazing around as more people trickled into the room. Draco stared at her for a moment. His expression conflicted. He swept a hand through his hair and said, Tonight, I'm existing. She frowned at the nebulous response, but at the twitch of his lips, her mouth fell open. Draco, are all these yours? Is this your opening? His smile drew up crooked and sly, and he lifted his hands in supplication. Surprise. Remember I told you I didn't want to do editorial shoots forever? Speechless, Hermione clapped a hand to her mouth as her eyes began to sting. Looking closer at the photographs, they were laid out in collections of similar images. She realized they told a story. New York, the people, the places, and the lifestyle, from the macro of Times Square to the micro of a worn baseball in the grass. But he had curated the collection with such creative flair. The lighting and the composition of every shot so unique. She couldn't help but fixate on each one. Grayscale blended with rich, vibrant color, and Hermione had never seen anything like it. Turning back towards him with an incredulous laugh, she threw her arms around his neck. This is amazing! She swiped at one eye as she drew back, grateful for Pansy's waterproof makeup spells. I'm so proud of you. I'm just glad you were still here to see it. He said quietly, the sincerity in his tone churning the nerves in her stomach into tumultuous waves. She still felt eyes on her, and when Hermione looked around again, she found people blatantly staring at her. It made sense now that she knew she was standing with the guest of honor, but still the overt attention left her feeling disarmed. But a wry smile tugged at his lips again. You obviously haven't seen the feature collection yet. Oh my god. What's the feature collection? She asked, confusion sweeping through her when she realized no one was actually looking at Draco. He slipped his hand into hers, their fingers lacing instinctively as he led her further into the room. With a soft smile, he pressed a kiss to her temple and breathed, please don't hate me. A breath caught in her throat when she saw them. It was her, the collection <laughs> from their photo shoot from several nights prior when she had arrived at his flat with fear and doubt coursing through her. But Draco had captured the best of her, the warmth in her eyes, the genuine smile, her head thrown back with a laugh. As her gaze darted from one photo to the next, her heart heat racing through her with adrenaline. Hermione's eyes began to blur. This was why everyone had been staring at her. She could remember each photo, the hesitancy when they had just started, the sultry teasing when he'd stripped her to her underwear. I, I wonder how, like, where did he stop with these pictures? Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> Was I'm the dress sure. still yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. At the center of the collection in black and white with deep artistic shadows, Hermione looking over her shoulder at him, the lines of her bare, her back, bare to his camera, a coy smile on her lips and desire in her eyes. <clears throat> the photo cut off in the middle of her back, but they were some of the most tasteful photographs she had ever seen. And despite the fact that half of them featured her in her underwear, none were vulgar or overly revealing. Overcome with surprise and vicarious cadence of her heart, 
Hermione beamed at him. Let me just say, in dreams, uses the best words. Yeah. <clears throat> Draco, she whispered, this is amazing. What can I say? He said, his eyes storm, his stormy eyes hard on her. Uh, I guess you're my muse. She didn't trust herself to speak, heart faltering in her chest. He went on, nodding towards the center photo. That one's already spoken for. By whom? She asked, gaping at him. Draco rolled his eyes. Me, of course. As her gaze roved the collection again, taking in more of the brilliant details, how one photo led into the next, the interplay between color and black and white, she noticed Harry and Pansy standing along the next wall. Pansy wore a self-satisfied smirk, her arms folded across her chest, while Harry only stared at her, mouth hanging open in shock. Instantly, Hermione realized Pansy had known exactly what she was doing when she had made her dress for the evening. Pansy must have told, nope, Draco must have told his friend about the collection in advance, and it explained why Pansy had spent more time on Hermione's hair than her own. Snickering, she met Pansy's eyes with a nod. The woman only grinned in return. Draco's hand lingered on the small of her back, warm and reassuring, and she turned to face him again. Draco, this is wonderful. I'm glad you like it, he said with a chuckle, and that you aren't ready to kill me for this. Hermione had never been one to bask in attention, but the way he had captured her was so tasteful and alluring she couldn't help but stare. I'm not going to kill you, she said, but I do want to hear more about it. How long did all of this take? He dragged a hand along the back of his neck, gazing around. I've been working on this for over a year. It's definitely been a labor of love. I finally arranged the opportunity to display a collection a few months ago. Your shoot was just the finishing touch I needed to tie it all together. She caught his stare, a sad smile tugging at her lips. Your talents truly shine here. That's the hope. His hand on her back tensed and his throat bobbed with a swallow as his eyes searched her own. And that's why I'm not locked into staying in New York. For over six months now, I've been sharing my portfolio with other galleries. Really? She asked, uncertain whether he was, she was breathing. Really? Draco's gaze penetrated through her, measuring her reaction. In London, for instance. A nervous grin crept across his face and Hermione realized how unfamiliar the sentiment was on him. I need a new city to capture now, after all. Although she couldn't quite wrap her head around what he was telling her, Hermione smiled. If you're going to be in London, you'd only be a flu trip away. His lips twitched. You might get sick of me. I doubt it, she whispered. And who knows, he went on, waving a lofty hand. Ireland is quite beautiful, too. His face softened, softened, his gaze lingering on her own. I don't know what's next for me yet, Hermione, but I do know I want you to be a part of it. If you'll have me, I know it's only been two weeks, but I've just got this feeling. Her mouth went dry, moisture spiking at the corners of her eyes again. The words caught on her tongue, but she only whispered, I'm so glad I ran into you here. And she drew in a deep breath. I think I know exactly the feeling you mean. 
Uh, Draco ducked in, his lips briefly, briefly brushing her own, and the look on his face stole her next breath. Honestly, you two in public. Pansy's posh drawl broke them apart, but Draco only <laughs> rolled his eyes unimpressed, which is funny, says the girl in the alleyway. <laughs> and all over Hermione's house. <laughs> Hermione tittered as she met Harry's stare, reading what she found there. They would have would have a long conversation about everything that occurred over the past. Sorry. It's okay, I understand. Hermione tittered as she met Harry's stare, reading from reading what she found there. They would have a long conversation about everything that had occurred over the past two weeks, but now wasn't the time. Embarrassment threatened below the surface of her skin at what the photographs insinuated, but given the way Harry and Pansy had been joined at the hip ever since they met up with him, Hermione doubted he had much room to talk. We're going out after this to celebrate, Pansy went on, leaving little room for argument. But Granger, before Granger goes home tomorrow, she flashed a grin, and I need to convince Potter of the merits of spending more time in New York. Much more time. Fine by me, Draco said with a shrug. I'll be a while yet. Indeed, as Hermione looked around, she could still see many guests in discussion around various photographs. But when Harry and Pansy walked off again, he muttered under his breath, something tells me Potter doesn't exactly need much convincing. As she eyed the pair of them, she felt a fluttering in her chest. It was about time Harry opened up to someone again. I think you're right. Come on, Draco said, trailing his hand along her bare spine as he observed the room. I'll introduce you to some friends. Hermione woke secure in Draco's embrace her heart twinging a bittersweet rhythm. He shifted behind her, his voice thick with sleep as he said, good morning. Good morning, she whispered in return, sinking deeper into his hold. How did you sleep? Draco planted a kiss to her hair. Amazing. He dragged a hand along the flat of her stomach, moving upwards to palm her breasts. What time do you leave? A breath chased from her lips as he tweaked her nipple. My port key is scheduled for noon. I'll have to get my things from Pansy's place before I go to Makusa. Oh, I love that word. Makusa. Makusa. As he squinted towards the window, the early morning light just beginning to stream through the curtains, he sunk back into the pillow with a sigh. Is it forward to say I wish you weren't leaving? No more forward than displaying a photo collection of me, she said quietly, her words missing the teasing note she had intended. Draco rolled his head to face her, eyes searching her own. I hope that didn't upset you. No, she whispered, snagging her bottom lip between her teeth. It surprised me, though. Measuring her words carefully, she added, as did a few other things you said last night. About returning home, he hedged. When Hermione remained silent, hoping she could quell the hopeful leap in her heart, he swept a hand through his hair. I have a few options, and I haven't heard anything concrete yet, but London is one of them, the one I'm leaning towards. She ducked in, pressing her lips to his as she murmured, I like that one too. Okay, he said roughly, eyes flashing, we're discussing this later when you aren't naked in my bed. 
when he rolled her onto her back, kissing her deeply, she whispered, deal. Hermione stared at the first of the series of portkeys that would carry her back across the globe to Dublin. The weight of it sat heavily in her soul. She had no idea when she left for New York two weeks ago how completely everything would change. The very thought of it was absurd, but Draco had become so important to her in such a short length of time. When she and Draco went to Pansy's loft to pick up her luggage, skirting around Pansy and Harry in various states of dress, she'd given each of them a lingering embrace. She couldn't help but wonder what Harry's plans would be, but they would have time to discuss that when he returned home the following week. Oh, Potter's staying for a whole week. Uh-huh. Drawing her focus back to the portkey, Hermione found Draco's stare on her. We're going to try and make this work, she said, more so for her own reassurance than anything else. Absolutely, he said with a sharp nod. I'll visit soon and often, and I'll let you know if I learn anything about London. Forcing a smile despite the wild pounding of her heart, Hermione nodded, as will I. Draco drew her into his arms with a heart-rendering kiss that left her breathless, with little doubt as to the sincerity of his words, but he met her gaze, releasing a long breath. I just want you to know, he said softly, how much this time spent getting to know you has meant to me, and I look forward to what comes next. I like the sound of that. Hermione whispered, her eyes growing damp, her heart clenched as she stared at him, uncertain when she would next see him again. But she couldn't help but trust the faith in her heart and something else lingering below the surface when she thought of him that she wasn't quite ready to put into words just yet. Swallowing a thick lump in her throat, Hermione squared her shoulders. Goodbye, then. No. Draco shook his head, a sad smile tugging at his lips. See you later for now. For now, Hermione could deal with that. Her fingers grazed his for a moment, energy jolting through her before she reached for the port key. His gray eyes found hers, warm and filled with promise of a future they might share, as she whispered, for now. And that, my friends, is the end of the story. Oh, that was sweet. That's sweet. It's a good story. Yeah, that was sweet. I liked it. Love it. I can't. I can't wait until we get into the next one. But that was. It's. It's a it's sad. Good. Ending. It's eh, a good. Ending. It's like a bittersweet kind of ending. Bittersweet. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to thank In Dreams for letting us read. I want to say good night, Chaotics. Yeah. Thanks, Chaotics. We will see you next Chaotic Thursday when we introduce Twilight. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We'd like to thank In Dreams for allowing us to read their story away. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and archive of our own at Ships of Chaos. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Chaotic Thursday.